Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm. Heavenly Father, we worship you tonight. We worship you tonight. We worship you tonight. Yes, Father. Just lift your hands with me tonight. Lord, we enter this new year with a fresh start, with a new beginning. Father, your word says that your mercies are new every single day. And we thank you, Father, that this year, each and every day, we will be refreshed and renewed, restored, refocused, refined, and ready and on fire for you. Father, we thank you that 2019 will be a year of provision and a year of harvest. Not just for this church, but for every single family. Not just for this families and this church, but for this city. And Father, I thank you that minds are being renewed. I thank you, Father, that new things are happening. Lord, miracles are occurring. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for who you are. Blessed be your holy name. Oh, we worship you. Father, thank you that we get to come and worship you. Thank you for a new year. Thank you for 2019. Thank you for 2019. Father, may we take advantage of this year and every opportunity you put in front of us. Father, give us boldness this year to share your word. Give us boldness this year to share the gospel message. Give us boldness this year to lay hands on people and see them healed and recovered. Give us boldness to pray even in our workplaces. Give us boldness everywhere that we go. Father, and just rise up faith within us. Father, we seek you with our whole hearts. We seek you with our whole hearts this year. Father, build our faith stronger and stronger and stronger. Lord, and at the end of 2019, may we look back and say, oh my goodness, look what you've done. Look what you have done. Marriage is restored in the name of Jesus. Complete healings in the name of Jesus. People out of debt in the name of Jesus. Every need being met in the name of Jesus. Those who have wandered coming home in the name of Jesus. We thank you for these things. We're so grateful for these things that will occur in 2019. We thank you, Father, you are for us. You are with us. You are good and you do good. Thank you, Father, you sent your son Jesus to give us life and life more abundantly. We embrace abundant life 
in 2019. We embrace abundant life in 2019. And as we abide with you through this year, the fruit of joy, the fruit of peace, the fruit of love will abound in our life more than we ever imagined. More than we ever imagined. Peace, joy, and love more than we ever could have imagined in 2019. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, as we come and we hear your word tonight, Father, open our ears, open our eyes. May we be renewed. May we be transformed. May we have a new understanding of your goodness, your faithfulness to us. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, good evening, church. We're glad that you're here. Look at this. This is great. First prayer night of 2019. Amen. First of many. Amen. And we're excited for it. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd like you to turn to Mark chapter 5. Happy New Year. Mark chapter 5 uh, is what I want to share from tonight. And it's interesting is the Lord has really been leading me to study Mark chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, and John chapter 5. And I think I've said this before. And I preached a little bit on a Sunday morning a couple weeks ago on Mark chapter 5. And pastor on Sunday said, you know sometimes when you read a same passage of scripture again, you get something different out of it. Something more out of it. It's like, wait a second, I just preached on this. I thought that like I studied this out and as I'm reading it again, I feel like more illumination starts to come when you start reading it again and again and again. And so I'd encourage you, I don't know what kind of Bible reading plan you're going through this year, but I encourage you, if the Lord says, hey, read that chapter again, I would suggest that you do it. <laughs> he may say, read it again. He may say, read the same chapter. I've known people who have, I don't know them, but I've heard of people who've read the same chapter like for the whole year, over and over and over and over, and God's word is alive Amen. and brings life. And so we can read the same chapter over and over. And I'm not suggesting you do that, but if the Lord says do it, I'll tell you. It's going to be fresh and new every single day. So Mark chapter 5, and I want to start in verse 21 tonight. And it says this, and we talked about this a couple Sundays ago, but there's a few more things that I want to share with you. Mark, 20, or Mark 5, starting in verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, named Jairus, or Jairus by name, and when he saw him, meaning when, he, when Jairus saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. You see, many times in our lives, we go through situations and trials and whatever, for whatever reason, we kind of wait until the trial is extremely difficult before we go running to the feet of Jesus and putting whatever it is that we're faced with at the altar. 
I know I do that in my personal life. And I started reading this and I realized that, you know, at this, by this point in time, Jairus was desperate. He was in a desperate situation. Which means to me, I think his daughter was probably sick for quite some time. It doesn't say how long. I mean, the next part of the, the chapter talks about the woman with the issue of blood. It said 12 years. And it said that this daughter was 12 years old. It's funny how 12 years was for both of them. And I'll get to that a little bit later. But I find it interesting. I think that she was sick probably for quite a bit of time. And then he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly. This is a posture of someone who is in need of a miracle. Yes. It is the posture of someone who is in need of a miracle. And I think of Pam at the side of the road. I'm surprised you were even able to stand for even a few minutes. Because when we are desperate for a miracle, we can do nothing but fall on our knees. And Jairus had this posture with him. And what I realized what it said here, and it says that he begged him earnestly. He begged Jesus earnestly. So apparently, Jairus was not part of the Word of Faith movement and understood what the Word of God said. Okay, this is the new, so he was a synagogue ruler. I mean, he was, a, he was in the synagogue. He was one of the leaders in the synagogue. So he was kind of uh, steeped in the tradition of the law and of how things have to work, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and you got to do this. But what he didn't realize is he didn't have to go on begging and begging again. Now, it doesn't say how long he begged for. But I was reading the other day, uh, Kenneth Hagin, in one of his books, and I don't remember which one it was, and he was talking about, you know, needing finances in his life. And the Lord was real clear to him, and based on the scripture, said, no, no, you pray one time, and then you believe that you've received all the financial things that you need. You don't have to go day after day after day after day after day, begging God to provide for your every financial need, because you pray it, and it's done. And then you believe it, and you receive it, and then you call forth right. what you need in the physical realm. Say, I need this in the physical realm. Father, thank you for providing it for me. And that really had started to begin to change my perspective. So I'm looking at Jairus here, and we got a little guy named Jairus, so we're going to have to teach him a little bit about the word of faith, that we don't have to go beg God right. day after day after day after day. We don't have to beg. And many times we begin to beg when we don't see our prayer answered immediately. I, we, I do this. We do this. And a lot of times we don't know the exact reason why the prayer was not answered immediately. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. And you start to say, well, maybe it was my faith. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. Maybe, and you know what? You could speculate all you want. Unless the Holy Spirit tells you specifically what the reason is, a lot of times we won't know the exact reason why a prayer was not answered instantaneously. Like, I need money for this bill, and it didn't show up like the moment. By the time I was walking to the mailbox, it wasn't there. What? This prayer wasn't answered. But you see, when we pray and we ask God, it is answered. And it's answered immediately, but we don't always get to see the actual answered prayer immediately. And I think of this as like an example. Anybody ever go on a zip line? Anybody ever have, know what a zip line is at least? Okay, so a lot of times when we pray, we're, we're believing for the zip line approach to the answered prayer, right? Because usually there's some valley that you're zip lining over. And when you start to pray, it's like you get on the zip line and bam, within like seconds, you're at the other side. And you're like, wow, that was amazing. That was really quick. Answered prayer's done. But guess what? Sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes you got to take a little walk 
through that valley. And sometimes there's stones you got to step on, thorns you have to go through, rocks you got to climb up. You start getting little bruises on your finger. But a lot of times that perseverance begins to build our faith, begins to build some of that fruit that ends up happening in our life like patience. Anybody ever start praying for patience? Never do that. (laughs) Never do it. Because guess what happens? To grow in patience, you need things to happen to you to cause you to work on your patience. So be careful what you pray for, yeah? Be careful what you pray for. But so a lot of times, you know, it doesn't, it's not answered right away. But what I have found is that so many times in our own life, even though a prayer was not answered immediately, eventually it was answered. And you can go back and look in that testimony. You can now help somebody else who is dealing with the same exact situation navigate that very difficult valley that they're in. Whether it's not a healing that happened immediately or a relationship that wasn't restored overnight, doesn't always happen. Sometimes it does. But then you can help other people walk through that. So we all want a zip line. I get it. I get it. Sometimes I want a zip line all the time. But the Bible doesn't say that we get to avoid every trial. It says that there will be trials, but he will take us, what? Through each and every one of them. So Jairus was a religious leader, and really he shouldn't have been there. He was part of the group that was persecuting Jesus. You know, but guess what? He no longer cared what people thought. And so church, I'm telling you tonight, we need to stop caring what people think. Well, I don't want to pray for that person. What will they think? How about you ask them and say, I'd like to pray for you and just see what they say. Now, if they say, please, no, don't pray for me, I would suggest not maybe laying your hands on their forehead, pulling out the oil out of your pocket, (laughs) saying, be healed in Jesus' name and watch them go down because you'd probably be pushing them down versus actually having them. Okay, because they're not ready to receive what God has in store for them. So we have to use, that's good, you have to use the wisdom But you see, Jairus no longer cared what people thought. He came running and said, I need Jesus, and I'm going to get down on my knees in front of him and say, Jesus, I need your help. I need my daughter healed. And so we need to stop caring about what other people think. And I'm preaching to myself (laughs) tonight. And I always think, how true is this in my own life? I'll be honest, uh, years ago, I probably don't, it's not as, as bad anymore, but years ago, you know, we would sit over there, and I was associate pastor at the church, you know, and based on sitting right there, everyone can kind of see, see you. And so I'm thinking, like, if I need to get prayer up front, what will they think if the associate pastor walks up to the front and is in needing prayer because pastor called for, you know, prayer over fear or needing healing? What do you mean the associate pastor can't pray for healing in his own life? You mean he has to... De- and I would, sometimes I would sit in my seat and not get up. Come on, shame on me. I sh- you know? Because, no, no shame. That's right. Because I, I cared too much about what people thought. And we have to break that mindset. We have to break that mindset. The enemy will lie to you and tell you things. What do they think? Oh, you know what? If you go up there, people are going to laugh at you. They're going to think poorly of you. Most of the time, people aren't. That's right. That's exactly right. And if they are, who cares? 
I did say most of the time, yeah? Sometimes we have to be hungry for a miracle so much. And we have to put our faith in Jesus. And this is what Jairus did. He put his faith in Jesus. Didn't care what anybody else said, what anybody else thought. He put his faith in Jesus. And notice what he says. He says, come and lay your hands on my daughter. He understood that Jesus was the healer. He understood Jesus was the healer. It must have been maybe from what he heard, maybe what he saw. Maybe one of the ones that was cleansed from leprosy ended up talking to Jairus earlier. I don't know, sometimes the chronological of events of what happened in the Bible. Maybe he's seen a couple healings. And he knew, this is my healer. How many of us know that Jesus is our healer? How many have been raised from the dead recently? (laughs) Okay, so we got some evidence here that Jesus is a healer. So what Jairus was doing is he was seeking first... The kingdom of God. Amen. He said, I don't care what anybody else thinks anymore. I am seeking first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 32 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seeking first. Verse 24 says this. It says, so Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Thronged him as densely packed crowd. It's a lot of people around him. But verse 20, it says, and Jesus went with him. So you've got to imagine, Jesus, so Jairus comes in and he falls down at his feet and says, I need you to come lay hands on my daughter and heal. And what did Jesus do? Immediately he went. You see, Jesus cares about every one of our needs. And when we say, Jesus, I need you, he's interceding at the right hand of the Father and he's moving on our behalf. Right then, he's moving on our behalf. I don't know how many people it was. They were thronging him. This means there was a lot of people around him, and he was probably going this way, and Jairus' house was that way, and he said, you know what? We're going this way now, because Jesus cares for you. He is willing to drop everything to come and help you. Verse 25 says, Now a certain woman who had the flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had, and was no better, but grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, so now she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if, I, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Church, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit in what he tells us to do in our lives. You know, sometimes people that are not of faith think sometimes we're crazy if we don't immediately run to a doctor or immediately go here, maybe go there. I'm not against doctors. We will go to the doctor if the Holy Spirit says go to the doctor. But a lot of times it ends up being, especially in America, and I read these books from Christopher alum and these other guys that are doing, seeing miracle after miracle after miracle, and so often they're happening in Africa and other third world countries where they don't have this access to the medicine and the medication and the doctors and the technology. And yes, a lot of them are suffering, a lot of them need doctors, but they have so much faith because it's the only thing they have left. And it's the faith of this woman that made her whole. And you see miracle after miracle and arms growing back. And you hear all these things happening after. Why not here, church? 
I believe that it can be here. We need to grow our faith here in the United States of America. Nothing against doctors. Medicine is a wonderful science and has helped millions upon millions upon millions of people. And if I need to go, I will go and the Holy Spirit will lead me. But at the same time, we cannot put our faith in medicine. Nowhere does it say in the Bible, put your faith in medicine. Luke was a doctor. He was a physician. Where was his faith? You think if anybody said... If anybody, go through the book of Luke and see if you can, or Acts, because he wrote Acts too. Go look through those two books and say, does it say anywhere where he says, go to the physician to be healed? No, he says, go to the great physician, which is who? Jesus. That's where we have to go. So she heard, she knew, I've tried all these other ways and I'm going here. I would like us to start saying, I'm going to go here first. I'm going to go here first to Jesus and call on the name of Jesus and then let him lead and guide where I should go next. And you think about how many people were actually touching Jesus. He was being thronged, which means there's a lot of people around him. Yet her faith drew on the power of his that he had through his anointing, and she was healed. Immediately, verse 29, immediately the fountain of blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Immediately. Verse 30, it says this, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? The disciples said to him, You see a multitude thronging you. How can you say, Who touched me? I mean, everyone's touching you. What do you mean, who's touching you? Verse 32, And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. I'm interested to see what the whole truth was. I mean, what did she really say? The whole truth. I've had this issue. And as she's talking about it, I don't think everybody there knew she had an issue of blood. But she got on her knees and said, this is what happened to me. And I was healed. And her testimony was reaching people right there. All those people that were thronging around Jesus now all heard that testimony. I had this issue for 12 years. She told him the whole thing. All of it, the whole truth, everything. I mean, who knows how long she talked for? If you hear the whole truth, it's been going on for 12 years. She probably said, I went to this. Now, these physicians were probably going out of business now because he's saying, I went to this one, that didn't work. She went to this one, it didn't work. I went here, I went here, it didn't work, it didn't work, it didn't work, it didn't work. But now it worked because of your power. And Jesus told her, your faith has made you whole. And then Jesus commands her to go in peace. In verse 34, in the Amplified, and I don't think we have it up there because I didn't ask Rich to put it up there, but the Amplified in verse 34 says this. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith, which is your personal trust and confidence in me, has restored you to health. Your personal trust and confidence in me, in Jesus, has restored you to health. Now go in peace and be permanently healed from your suffering." permanently healed. We have to walk in peace to keep our healing permanent. And because what the enemy will say is, oh yeah, you think you're healed, but oh, that back pain is coming back. This issue is coming back. The migraine's coming back. This is coming back. My shoulder's still hurting. We have to say no. Because peace and fear can't operate in the same place. Because if you're living in fear, you're not living in peace. Because I've been in fear, and I can tell you, not very peaceful. That's my wife. (laughs) 
When you live in it, you're not peaceful. You're worried about this. You're worried about that. You're thinking about this. You're thinking about that. And what Jesus is saying, go in peace so you can be permanently healed from your suffering. You know what, Lord? Enemy may try to bring something back on me, but I'm not going to take it back. I'm walking in peace. I am healed. I believe that I've received, and I'm going to continue to speak that I'm healed, whether I feel it immediately, whether I don't feel it, whether I felt it immediately, and then I start to not feel it again, I am going to walk in faith and in peace. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogues, which is Jairus' house, and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? She's dead. Stop coming. We're good. A lot of times in our life we think we have a situation that's happening that's just too far gone. Well, you know, I know that Jesus does miracles, but this is just too much. <laughs> Pastor, anything happened that's just too much? I don't think so. <clears throat> Even raising from the dead, it's not too much. Your situation is not too much. It's not too far gone. It is not too far gone. Jesus is here, and he wants to help. Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, don't be afraid. Again, be in peace. Don't don't listen to the circumstances. Yes, you get a doctor's report. Yes, you look at a bill. Yes, there are things in the natural that you see, but hold on a second. Don't put your faith there. Don't be listening to that stuff. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Believe in what? Believe that Jesus is the healer. Believe that Jesus has died and has rose again and has defeated the grave, has defeated sin, is here that every need of yours can be met. He understood. He understood that we cannot walk in fear. We must only believe. We cannot be moved by our facts and the circumstances that surround our life. Faith must triumph over fear. Verse 37, he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the rule of the synagogue, you saw a, a tumult, a loud or confused noise by a large mass of people is what that means. And those who were basically weeping and wailing loudly. Okay, the daughter's dead, there's chaos going on. They're upset, they're crying, they're very upset of what's happening. And I find this interesting, I mentioned this the other, the other day, is that Jesus only took Peter, James, and John with him. That's it. I'm not taking other people with me who are not going to believe in faith that this girl is going to be raised from the dead. Because we cannot be around people who are fearing when we're in a certain situation, circumstance. That doesn't mean you stop being friends with them. But I'm telling you, if you're going to spend five, ten hours a week with someone who is negative talking and completely in fear and has no peace about your situation, by the end of that time, you're going to start thinking, I wonder if maybe, maybe this isn't going to work out for me after all. We need to build our faith. We need to be around people who are uplifting us and saying, you know what? God can do a miracle in your situation. It says in verse 39, when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? (laughs) I love it. What what are you guys doing? Why are you all crying and weeping? This child's not dead, but sleeping. You see, what he said is he was speaking not what was seen in the natural, but he was speaking the truth in the supernatural. He was speaking the truth in the supernatural. Romans 4.17 says, God who gives life to the dead 
and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Isn't that a good verse? Faith sees the future. Faith plans the future. Fear remembers the past. Fear is remembering the past. Faith sees the future and is planning the future. The circumstances, the moment you see them, they're now in the past. Right? Because you think of a timeline of time. The moment I get some report, okay, that's now in the past. That's history. I'm not going to be thinking about what happened in history. I'm going to think about what's going to happen in the future. And we need to live and walk in our faith. In verse 40, it says, and then they ridiculed him. So like, what are you talking about? This girl's dead, I'm telling you. There's no pulse. I put the little mirror in front of her, her mouth. There's no, there's no breath coming up. You know, it's not discoloring. This girl's gone. So what do you have to do? He had to put them all outside. Excuse me? Okay. Well, if you're not believing with me, then I'd ask you to leave, please. Go ahead outside. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him, which were the three, and he entered, uh, he entered where the child was lying down. He took the father and the mother. Moms believe big. Sometimes dads need to see it happen. Jairus saw it happen. Right? Because the woman of the issue of blood gave her whole truth. The whole story. And Jairus was there because he went first. And then the healing of the issue of blood happened. That happened afterwards. So Jairus was part of the crowd thronging Jesus when the issue of blood happened was miraculously healed. So guess who has faith? Jairus has some faith now. So Jairus gets to go in. Mama gets to go in. The three disciples get to go in. What Jesus was doing is he was shutting the door on fear. No one else is allowed to come in. Fear is shut out at the door. Only faith is allowed in. The people that were crying, and they're well-meaning, they're not mean. I just saw this little girl who was a relative die, of course. Of course they're upset. Of course they're crying. I understand. The Bible says that we need to be in agreement. We need to be in agreement. And Jesus understood that when he brought those who were in agreement with him, the faith can build. And two or more gather together and believe it shall be done by the Father who is in heaven. Verse 41, then he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Pastor, you have to give me the pronunciation here. Talitha? Talitha Kumai. That's good. Talitha Kumai. Which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. He is speaking to the situation. Little girl, arise. Bill, you are paid. Pain, you must go. He is speaking to the situation of what's happening in the life. And then what happens, verse 42, immediately the girl rose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. So she is born at the same time the girl with the, the lady with the issue of blood started fighting, both of them. Same day, healing. 12 years of suffering for that one woman. We don't know how long the girl was suffering, the little girl. Healed. I love when God uses numbers in the Bible. That's why there's a whole book called Numbers, yeah? (laughs) Immediately she arose and walked. 
for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. Yes. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that something should be given to her to eat. And I'm not going to go through the whole, you know, why he commanded them not to know it, uh, not to say anything, although I would just say that it's hard for people not to say things, but when people see things, man, when we see pastor walking around here, it's different. Other churches may have heard about this pastor who was raised from the dead, but we see him. And our faith grows even bigger, even stronger. So Jesus laid hands on her and said, he spoke to her, he said, arise. The spiritual battle was won. And what's interesting, and then he says, the very last verse, it says, and give her something to eat. I love this. Okay, she's healed. It's time to live life. It's time to move on. And the word for us in 2019 is, let's go. It is time to, let's live some life. Amen. Provision and harvest, we're healed. The past is behind us. 2018 will no longer dictate what happens in 2019. The door is shut on it. Fear is shut on it. Whatever has happened is behind us. The facts, the circumstances, whatever happened are no longer part of the future for 2019. Amen. And we're going to walk in faith. Amen. And we're going to believe in God's word yes. and what he says. He has won the victory over death. He has given us life. Now go and enjoy it. Amen? Amen. Well, let's spend some time in prayer. Because you know what? Jesus is the healer. Jesus is good. He does good. And I'm going to open in prayer. We're going to go through some of these prayer requests. And then we're just going to turn the music on. We're going to turn the lights down. And we're just going to, if you want to walk around, you can walk around. You can sit in your seat. That's fine. We're just going to pray for 15, 20 minutes, and I'll come back at the end. And if anybody has a physical need in their body, we can pray for you uh, at the end. Uh, But we just want to lift up these prayer requests uh, to him because he is the healer. He is the great provider. He can do all things. And let's, let's worship him for that. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the great physician. We thank you that you are the giver of life. We thank you that we can have life eternity with you. And we lift up these prayer requests to you right now. Father, we lift up Adam, David, Amber, Ashton. We just lift them up to you now in the name of Jesus. Whatever is happening in their life, we just thank you that you are taking care of everything that concerns them. We thank you, Father God, for salvation. We thank you, Father God, for bills being paid. We thank you, God, for a healing touch and power on their life. Father, we just thank you for healing, miraculous healing for Rick, Mac, Brian, Jill, Katie, and Dan. We may not know exactly who they are, Father, but we're just lifting them up to you by name tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for guidance and wisdom in 2019 for every situation that concerns Derek, Alex, and Kenyon. We just pray right now, guidance in relation to their jobs, to their finances, the decisions they need to make in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, Father, that many are coming to know you in 2019. We thank you for the harvest that is coming. We thank you that is ripe. We thank you, Father, you are sending workers into the fields for the harvest, even as we're praying tonight. We thank you that your blessings are never-ending, that you are always with us. We lift up our country to you in this year. We lift up our leadership to you this year. We We just put them, Father God, in our prayers each and every day. 
And we just thank you for them. We pray that they will seek you. And that they will know you and they will find you. And they will make wise decisions for our country. And Father, we just lift up 2019 to you. And as we spend some time praying here tonight. And as we spend 21 days praying and fasting over the next couple weeks, Lord. Father, help us to remember to seek first you and your kingdom. Father, let that be our prayer. Let that be our worship. And we're not fasting or praying to get something, but we're fasting and praying to know you more. And when we begin to know you more, everything else that concerns us is no longer as big of an issue to us anymore. And you are already taking care of each and every one of those things. And we thank you for these things tonight. We thank you for answered prayer. And Father, as we go into this time of prayer and worship to you, Father, speak to our hearts. There's an issue that anyone here is facing tonight that needs guidance. During these next 15 minutes, I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to them directly what to do. They will know directly, exactly what to do tonight before they leave here. And we thank you for it as we come into prayer tonight. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. You are an awesome God. You are an awesome God. Father, we thank you for fresh starts tonight. We thank you, Father, that we can leave the past behind us. Father, we thank you we can shut the door on fear and let faith prevail in our life. And Father, we lift up this city to you tonight. Father, we pray against a few specific things in your name. We pray against sex trafficking and drugs in the name of Jesus. Father, we break the power of the enemy and the strongholds now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for restoration to this city. Father, we lift up those young girls and even boys, Father. You love them so much. They are in your hands. Minister them. Give them peace. Father, may they find you because you're searching for them and you're there with them and you're right there waiting for them. Lord, may they turn towards you. We just break the power of the enemy now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that this city will be restored. We thank you, Father, that many will come to know you. We thank you, Father, that the drug problem will begin to subside. Poverty will begin to subside. Homelessness will begin to subside. Shootings will begin to subside. And Father, your power shall reign in this city. And each and every church will begin to rise up and take its rightful place in their community and speak the name of Jesus and take authority over the enemy. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. I'd ask tonight before we close if there's anybody who has a physical need in their body, if you have some kind of physical need you like prayer for, we just invite you to come up here tonight, uh, Pastor and I and maybe Pam or Liz, uh, 
we can lay hands on you and we can just see the power of God work in your life. So anybody at all, just come on up. If you've got a physical need in your body, we just want to pray for you tonight. If not, that's okay, because we're healed and whole in the name of Jesus. Anybody at all tonight? All right, that's good. It's a healed bunch, a healed group. So let's, I want to close with this. Let's just everybody stand with me tonight. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your healing touch and power. We thank you that everybody in here is healthy and whole. We thank you, Father, that our testimonies will go forth. We thank you that Wednesday nights will grow and Sundays will grow and more and more people will come to know you through ECF, this church specifically, and other churches around the area. We thank you, Father God, for revival that is coming. We thank you that your healing power is going out, changing lives, restoring relationships. We thank you for strength in marriages in 2019. Strength in marriages that we've never recognized or even understood before. That we will be closer to our spouses than ever before. We just thank you for that. We thank you that the healing touch and power of our lives will reign each and every day. We thank you for a wholeness. We thank you for provision for everything we need in the name of Jesus. And Father, we seek you this year. We seek you in your kingdom and your righteousness this year. And we just stand on that scripture because all things then shall be added unto us. And we shall not worry about anything or be in fear. And we worship you tonight for taking care of all of our needs. We worship you tonight. We thank you for it. And we're looking forward to an amazing 2019. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, guys, have a wonderful rest of the week. And we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.